Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I'm here today with David Henderson. How you all? And David, we're here to talk about your sermon from this past Sunday on James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, watching our words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, this is super convicting, as always. And I think we could probably just say one thing and then be done. <laughs> There's really some truth to that. <laughs> it, it is so true. Um, yeah, this is a place of struggle for us all and a place of conviction for us all. A number of people I spoke with shared both of those things, a sense of God's invitation and conviction. Um, you know, I, I think I'm sure you sensed, and I know the congregation did, that th- this came with some conviction. Mm. for me and the conviction i mean yeah certainly there are plenty of times i've opened my mouth and wrong things have come out and i've regretted that um but the conviction that i've i felt um that really came out of spending the time studying these passages is wow we as the church i mean the whole church not covenant we as the church have not at all given the proportionate weight to our words that God puts on our words. I, mm. I just struck that we take them so much more lightly than God does. And I think that was really some of the urgency and gravity that came through in the message for me. Wow. Mm. If this matters so much that every careless word is going to be a part of what God addresses with us when we stand before him, then we probably need to think about it and look at our words a little differently. Right. The, you know, what comes to mind is that childhood proverb, right? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm. And like, that is so untrue. Words are incredibly painful. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, and incredibly impactful as well. I just remember, um, you know, the church I grew up in, the youth pastor came when I was 11 and he was, he didn't, he was there for 20 some odd years. And so when I moved back to Illinois, he was now the um, lead pastor. Mm. And, um, you know, so I had a long, he married Glenn and I and, and Glenn and me. And, um, we, you know, so I'd known him for a really long time. And when he ended up leaving and going to a different church, we had a go, you know, a farewell party and, one of my friends from high school got up and said, I remember when in high school we were on a car ride and you said this to me and it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And, and Christopher got up and said, I don't remember that conversation at all. And it just struck me as how many times yes. we have conversations with others and we say something that we don't ever remember and it changes their life and it can change their life for good. Like this did 
for my friend Matt, or it could change their life for bad or for, you know, with struggle and hardship and, and, and hurt and pain because of something that we said that maybe we said carelessly, like you said, carelessly off the cuff that we didn't really mean, but it was the first thing that came out of our mouth and it can be so painful for people. And I just convicted myself. (laughs) (laughs) And all of us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a, it's our mouths become the way by which our hearts speak to other people's hearts. So there's mm. profound vulnerability on the part of the person receiving, and there's the profound potential to let loose with what you really think or what you really feel, or with insensitivity to re- what you really think or feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, the, the challenge of um, Catching it on its way out uh, is huge. It is. Yeah. So you, it, it is really interesting because I think, um, you know, we, we came across the be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak advice earlier in James mm-hmm. and focused on that uh, primarily in terms of the gift, the gift that we get to give to someone else when we are with them. And when we are not speaking, we have the opportunity to be present to the other person and ask questions of them and learn from them and learn about them and all of which are so important as a way of conveying honor. But there is definitely a second dimension to that, the discipline he's talking about, which is uh, just, (laughs) we just can't lose sight of the fact that um, everything that comes out of our mouth, our mouths has the potential to cause injury and, yeah, I mean, it's looking at the faces of the congregation when I said, how, how many of us have, can remember a word said to us when we were kids that, that still hurts us today? You know, and the looks on people's faces were, it wasn't like, ha yeah, isn't that true? It's like, I mean, just this kind of somber, mm. you know, we've, we've all been hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's a separate discussion and an important one. What do I do? When I have said something hurtful, how do I go mm-hmm. to God and mm-hmm. receive forgiveness and trust him to minimize the negative impact on the person to whom I've said or about whom I've said those things? Or what do I do when someone has hurt me deeply with words? And how do I bring that back to that other person and up to God and let him wash me of resentment and bitterness and g- give me a fresh start with the person I mean, those mm-hmm. are very, very important spiritual practices that go along with this. But the the whole focus in James is just be really, really careful about what comes out of your mouth in the first place of this mm-hmm. portion of James. Right. We'll get to the other portions a little bit later. Yes. And, you know, at the as you were going through, you know, the first part of the sermon, um, talking about how small our tongues are and how they have a disproportionate impact on the people around us compared to their size. Um, and you're going through all this. I'm just like, there's no hope. There's just no hope. There's no hope. I, yes, I have no yes. hope. Michelle, you know, it's so interesting. You just said that because that's exactly what I was just praying right now in this moment. What would be encouraging for those who are listening to this podcast? And, and that's exactly what I was thinking is I think. If we read one through 10 and we focus on uh, the need for a filtering system, there is no hope. 
at best, we can catch most of the unhelpful or unkind things that are, are scrambling to get out of our mouths. Great. I'm just going to go through life hurting people mm-hmm. and shooting myself in the foot and sticking my foot in my mouth. And, um, and, and I think there are really valuable biblical principles about dealing with humor and, and that sort of thing that I think are really worth mm-hmm. looking at. What, how do I respond when I feel hurt and, and why am I talking at all and, and how I use social media? We talked about some of those things and those may be helpful to circle back around to. But I think the last part of the passage is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, the line I ended with is change your heart. And then you can say any word that comes to your mind, which is, I mean, think about, can you imagine living with that kind of freedom where we could say absolutely whatever came to our minds? Well, more and more we can experience that when the the, the footing for our hope in this area is not me clenching my jaw it's me opening my heart to jesus to transform it mm. and when i'm actively doing that work when that is my work the work of my day each day to worship god with our heart to open our hearts to him to confess what resides in our heart to to invite god to make that heart of ours new to uh, ask god to let us see and to hear others in different ways and so on. Some of the things I mentioned at the end of the message, when we, when that's our conscious way, when we start the day doing that, and when we mm-hmm. end the day doing that, and when all through the day we are doing that, we can actually experience transformation in this area. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the grace of God, I have to be less careful about my words than I had to be 20 years ago. And 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 40 years ago because of his kind work in aligning my heart more and more with his Mm -hmm. i mean and that is the hope that is the hope that god does transform yeah he does transform us and you know as you're as you were talking about um you know asking the question where what does the water at my source look like you know, you asked that question in your sermon. I kept thinking about, um, I kept thinking about Matthew 12 and I'm like, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, um, and then you mentioned it in your serve and, and then you mentioned it as well. And I, um, yes. And so I'm, yeah, I'm so thankful that, um, that God is in the midst of transforming me mm-hmm. and that gives me so much hope. Oh, glory to God. Yeah. And and I think, I mean, when you, th- when you think about it, I think that gives a completely different footing for every single one of the interactions we have with one another. If, mm-hmm. if I, if I trust Michelle, that God is at work in your heart, then if something insensitive should come out of your mouth towards me, it's so much easier for me to give grace as I look at you as uh, someone under construction by the Holy Spirit, somebody mm-hmm. who is doing the best she knows how to open her heart up to Jesus, who is human just like me, who fails just like I do, and who is seeking to the glory of God to say a deeper yes to God every day. It makes it so much easier for me to say, Michelle, you know, I, I get it. And I do the same kind of thing myself. 
absolutely, I forgive you, I release you. Instead mm -hmm. of, well, I expect you to be perfect or somehow my hurt, uh, I give the power to be fatal to the relationship that we have or whatever. And the mm -hmm. same is true the other way around. If I, yeah. if I mess up, instead of feeling like, but I ought to do it perfect all the time. Mm. <laughs> Says who? I'm not Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, I'm incapable of doing it perfect all the time. But if, if that were to happen, then I can approach you and say, Michelle, man, I am so sorry. I, I, it is my desire to speak with you in a way that honors you. And, mm -hmm. and every day I am asking God to give me a heart that, that more and more like his is one that does honor the people in my life, people like you. And I really failed to do that in this conversation. And I'm so sorry. And, and I, I will work at controlling what comes out of my mouth. I'll keep trying to be diligent in that area, but I feel encouraged to know that Jesus is the Lord of my heart and he's doing a work of reclamation and, um, and thank you for your patience and for your grace. And um, I'll keep working at it and I'll probably mess up again. But my confident assurance is that more less and less you will experience that from me and more and more what you will see coming out of my house of my mouth is his his mm -hmm. grace and love mm -hmm. it just lets the whole yeah. thing be different than you or me you know it's a we're yes we are people on the receiving end of grace and we must be because we are people whose plight is desperate but for the grace of god yes and when we open our hearts to jesus and Jesus transforms us and we can have those kinds of interactions when we're hurt. That's where they'll know we are Christians by our love. Right? Because I mean, all I could think of was how, how totally different that is from what's happening in our culture today of the, you said, you said, you said, and I, you know, and you say one wrong thing and therefore you're canceled off the, you know, you have, there's nothing good. You can say nothing good since you said one bad thing. Right. So, Michelle, one of the things um, just to reflect for a moment on that, that mm -hmm. kind of that la the last two verses uh, that we looked at, I think it's 11 and 12 of chapter three of talking yes. about salt water and pure water. Right. And what, what, what it's going on in the source. I, I had uh, just a sweet conversation with a couple that came up after church. Both of them in some ways came up to confess um, wow, we, we failed, which was beautiful. I mean, the, their soft hearts. I just love that. Not, not anything that they'd said specifically to me, but just, wow, that we just, this is a terrible place for us. This is not a place where Jesus is reflected in our lives. And then, and then we went a little bit further to kind of into the, well, what's to be done. And, uh, and they both described just trying hard to control what comes out of their mouths. And then we, we, we moved to talking a little bit about devotional life and, um, and one of them described the, the, you know, I read three different devotionals a day and then I listen to scripture every day. And, and I said, you know, um, this may sound really, really wrong. Um, but just hear me and wrestle with this with me. Sometimes I think devotionals don't help us. And, and that is when we have done business with our devotionals. And haven't gone the final step and done business with God. Hmm. Our devotionals are meant to lead us by the hand to him, not just to lead us to content. Right. And content does not transform us. Mm -hmm. Content does not transform us, which is a 
great big challenge to the evangelical church that thinks content is the footing for discipleship. Jesus is the only one by his spirit who can transform us. So I described some of the transformation in my own devotional life. And we've talked some about this of my starting probably 12 years ago of just every time I'm with the Lord, just before I open anything, Mm -hmm. I open my heart to him, focus on him, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him Mm -hmm. for he will shield him all day long. The one the Lord loves will dwell between his shoulders. I start there, not having done anything, not having learned anything, not having mastered anything, just the beloved of God and opening my heart up to him. Jesus, make me more and more into a person who is like you. And, and then reading scripture toward the end of having that continued conversation with God and reading devotional classic toward that same end, right? It's never those things that are my focus. Those always become the lens by which I'm focusing ever more clearly on who God is. Mm-hmm. And in that is transformation. And it was so fun talking to this couple again. Um, their hearts, oh, it's so beautiful how soft and open their hearts were. And, and there was this sort of yes of recognition. Oh, yes, you're describing it. I mean, it, it has become a checklist for me. I just, it's my routine. It's what I do. I right. don't even know that my brain is even engaged half the time, let alone my heart. It's just what I do. Yeah. And, um, and so I, that whole section at the end that is really a whole sermon series to, to do, yes. let alone just a, a whole message to do. Right. How do I, put my heart within reach of God so that he can be about his transforming work. Mm-hmm. Worship. Mm-hmm. Confession. Inviting God. Conversation with God throughout the day. I mean, it, that is the heart of our devotional life. And that is the heart of practices that lead to transformation. Yes. And I think too, I was thinking about this this morning. I think too, it's also, um, being aware of it's like that the song i learned when i was a child be careful little eyes what you see be careful little ears what you hear right um because i know this is true for me um i thought like oh i know right and wrong or i know and so therefore i can consume content and it doesn't have an effect on me and the reality, that is not true. It doesn't matter. You know, I've memorized verses and I've, you know, if I've opened my heart to something that is not good for me, then I'm, I am filling my heart with, with ugliness that will come out somehow. Right. The the choice of what we pull up when our screens are on. Right. What What is our, I mean, there's, there's no longer a news source. There are news perspective sources. Mm-hmm. What What is the slant that I'm choosing to expose myself to as I turn on the news? Right. And what what is the what are the uh, invectives that are pouring through in the whatever uh, speech I'm hearing? And what is yeah sitcoms? I think we are absolutely trained in how to relate in horrible. Uh, dishonoring ways through the humor that is every third line in a sitcom. Right. Yes. Yeah. I I think that's really right. I mean, and, and I think I've mentioned this before, but like I've, I had to stop reading parenting magazines when I was parenting small children because Mm. I felt like the standard was too high. Like I can't, Mm. 
you know, I'm not going to do these elaborate crafts with my toddler because it's, it's exhausting and it's too much work. And it, it actually causes more tension and friction than sitting next to them on the, on the couch, reading a book. That was for me, right? Like somebody else might love doing crafts with their toddlers. And I say more power to you. Um, but it was, I had to be aware of my attitude towards my children and what was, and then my attitude towards myself. Was I trying to meet a standard that was too high? And, and whose standard was it? Was it God's standard or was it the world's standard? Because out of the over, you know, when I, when I tried to meet the world's standard, then horrible things would come out of my, out of my mouth towards my children. Yeah. And I think a part of what you're getting at, Michelle, I mean, I think that, you know, for centuries, the church has talked about the crucial importance of knowing God and knowing ourselves mm-hmm. and how the, the only way that we can make progress spiritually is if there is knowledge on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great example of a self-knowing. And, and I think that also gets at the two dimensions that I really sought to bring up in the sermon. There, there are two places that we rightly give our attention as followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want our hearts to be transformed. What's the, what's the water at the source like? And uh, until we go to be with Jesus, there's always the, it's always going to be muddy water at the source, less and less muddy by the grace of God, but it's always going to be somewhat cloudy. So there, it will be our responsibility till the end of our days to have a filtering system that helps us catch the stuff that has been formed maybe by our culture or just our own sinful heart gives expression to that, uh, that comes out in hurtful ways. And um, we, um, you identified one of those places where we can, um, when, when we feel that kind of performance pressure or whatever else, when, when we're under stress, out can come some of the stuff that resides in the heart. And, um, and then in the, you know, in the message, I talked about humor as a crucial place for us to yeah. watch. I think, um, I think our culture excuses uh, hurtful humor mm-hmm. um, in a way that is, I, I think, humor about ourselves towards others, put down humor of ourselves. Oh, I'm such a jerk. It's like, well, if it's not okay to say that to anybody else, why is it okay to say that about yourself? Yeah. That, um, you know, um, humor that uh, puts down, has someone else as the butt of the joke. I just think those are places the church can be careful and cautious. What do I do when I feel hurt? Well, you know, when I feel hurt, mm. I take that hurt to the person who has caused the hurt immediately. Hey, um, that was really hurtful when you said that. Can we talk about that? And I forgive you. I know you're a work in progress, as am I. Mm-hmm. Um, I extend grace to you, the, a fresh start. But just right away, what do we do? Follow those biblical patterns. One of the things that I said in the message and boy, do I feel strong about, I was so convicted of this when I preached on this several summers ago, um, that our unforgiveness is as much of an offense in the eyes of God as whatever was the offense that caused us to feel hurt in the first place. And I don't think that's an overstatement about what new Testament teaching is Hmm. that. Wow. That's a, yeah. What do I do with that hurt? So, and we'll explore that in a couple of Sundays, I think. Um, and then what, how do I, you know, on social media, all the permission we give ourselves to just be indiscriminate, open our mouth, think later, maybe, yeah. um, and, and outcome the blurts. Uh, wow. And, and there's this, um, 
in the same way that humor distances us from the hurt that we cause to someone where they go away and feel hurt kind of after the fact while they're laughing sort of in the moment in the same way, social media distances us from the, from the hurt that we do. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's when warfare changed from hand to hand combat to me being able to shoot someone 300 yards away or drop a bomb on a city from, from three miles overhead, suddenly the victim became anonymous and, and became an object and I think the same can happen with social media, where the person I'm actually hurting with my words, I can't see the the expression on their face. I can't see them wince when I say that. Right. And, and so we become unfiltered. And then just the, the last one, it was so fun for me. A uh, man came up to me afterwards. Uh, I remember I shared the story about this. Uh, in a short story I read, a, a, a guy's daughter gave him a card. The card had W-A-I-T on it. Um, and what does that mean, you know? Uh, why am I talking? I, I met someone in, who was visiting church the, for the first time on Sunday. And uh, and he he said, hello. And he held up his hand and he was holding an index card and said, said W-A-I-T. And and I started laughing and I said, I love that. Did you already, did you already heard of that? And he said, nope, that's application today. I'm going to carry that around with me and I'm going to start pulling that out whenever I have a conversation with someone. You came over to talk. I pulled it out and had it in my hand. Why am I talking? Um, that's wow. great. Yeah. Love yeah. I, I've heard, I heard several people say the same thing. <laughs> the wait, why am I talking? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think, um, I think the, when we went downstairs to talk about the sermon in our community group, um, someone said, well, I think the whole the whole point of the of the sermon was if we change our hearts if we allow god to change our hearts then we can say whatever we want and i was like and i thought to myself well that's a way to end the discussion <laughs> that's the one thing we could say and done <laughs> right like so now what when now what do we talk about um right but i mean and that is the and that is the truth it's simple and it's challenging and, and again, it's like, you know, our job as followers of Jesus, because we're not going to be fully redeemed. Uh, we are being redeemed. So yes. Mm-hmm. How does that source get changed? And we are not going to be fully redeemed until we go to be with Jesus. So there's always, it's the, the source and the faucet. It's the, you know, the, the source and the filter, the, the pipes and the faucet yeah. both have to be dealt with yeah. for the rest of our lives. Yes. Yes. And thankfully we have a God abounding in love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whose compassions are new every morning. Right. Because we could, like you said, we could uh, just hammer ourselves in the ground for our failure in this area. Every single one of us on this planet could mm. with, with good reason. Um, yeah. The kindness of God. Um, so just a, a thought uh, maybe from my side to, uh, as I think about getting towards wrapping up uh, covenant identified its leadership identified, oh, I don't know, over a dozen years ago, five qualities that we believed God was inviting us to have characterized us Mm -hmm. uh, as individuals in the church family, as a church as a whole, and and especially kind of leadership values. Um, But uh, so those are uh, expectant. I, I believe that God is alive and involved in everything. And I should expect to bump into it. Yielded. 
not only is he in everything, he is over everything. And my heart should be yielded up before him. Thoughtful. Uh, we believe that God invites the full engagement of our brains and careful study of scripture and ref- reflection about nuance and not just kind of black and white kind of boom, draw the line kind of. No, we use our brains hard, uh, work hard to think well about this complex thing of the Christian faith. And then intentional. Uh, if you and I bump into the one another in the same space and time, uh, I am invited to be purposeful or intentional in that moment of interaction with you to move towards you, to uh, to get to know you, to um, to ask questions that open up mm-hmm. your heart and so on. Um, mm-hmm. And and then the last one is gracious. And some people have said, well, you know, wait, holy God, loving God, why did you pick gracious? You know, shouldn't it be kind of both those? Um, it is really interesting. You know, one of the things that I pointed out at the very end of the message is the more our hearts are transformed, the more what will come out of our mouth are three things. And these come straight from the scripture. Uh, we will, Ephesians 4, 15, love, what is loving? Well, what is said in love is what will come out of our mouth. And uh, Ephesians 4, 29, what builds the other person up that's for their benefit, edification. And mm-hmm. the third one is let your conversation always be filled with grace. There's not any place where there's a comparable passage that says, let your conversation always be filled with holiness and righteousness. You know, yes, we are to have holy speech, but not words that are words of judgment and and holding up God's perfect standard and that sort of thing. That, mm. that we are invited to have that which comes out of our mouth be words of grace. So the more we are on the receiving end of that grace of God, and the more we see it and our hearts of gratitude to recognize it, the more that's what's going to be formed uh, downstream from us in the interactions we have with others. May God make that so. Amen. Amen. And may God be glorified as we move through our days this week. Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Always enjoy the time. Always enjoy the time. And I'll miss seeing you next week. I won't be here. You won't be here. We won't have a sermon discussion next week, but we'll be back at the beginning of May. Look forward to it. Yes, I do too. And thank you so much for joining us, whether you've joined us live on Facebook or later on our blog or on our podcast. We're grateful that you took a few moments of your day to spend with us. And may God continue to be glorified as we love God, love his people, and pour out his love on the world. Amen. Amen. Amen.